This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Anybody know that God makes a way out of nowhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't know how, but you did it. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Constantly making ways out of nowhere. Wow. Don't know how, but he did it. I know right now, Sister Lawanda Tillman don't know how that they did it. But uh, she has a sister that made it into worship and aunts and cousins who came all the way from the Atlanta area, left early this morning to be here to be in worship with her on today. We say to God be the Lord. Hallelujah. Boy, it's hard keeping secrets, you tell me, boy. Woo! Hard keeping secrets. <laughs> Um, also, I'm reminded that uh, there is a box in the vestibule for Sister LaWanda Tillman. And I don't want to confuse folk. I want folk to be clear about this um, TNT 40, as I said, um, as it relates to your giving to me for TNT 40. I've asked that we will put it in our community outreach because that money is going back into the community. And I'm asking all of you and everybody who has worked with me over 40 years for you to sow back into the community, particularly in those areas uh, that we know have a propensity for violence because we want to reduce gun violence in our community. And uh, you have been all over volunteering, doing various things throughout the city and, and I appreciate that a lot as we're doing that for um, TNT 40 celebration. But understand, um, part of this celebration of TNT it's not just me. And my wife and my children have been a part of the 40 years as well. And as a pastor's child, I know sometimes how the family just get left out. And I, I kind of know how that happens. And um, being a pastor's child, I could tell when Trunil and Lauren Tramiel was feeling some kind of way about the church, toward the church. I, I could tell because I've been there. And uh, my heart was out for a lot of pastors that can't tell how their family is you know, negotiating between the church and, and home and all of that. But I had a, somewhat of an advantage on them. So I knew that and I said to uh, Sister Lovett and to the pastors, Alma Bears, y'all please do something for Sister Till. And this is what they came up with that you would do a special gifts and, and, and um, cards and donations to Sister Tillman. Now understand that that's, this is the Sister Tillman. Understand that Sister Tillman money is Sister Tillman money. And Pastor Tillman money is Sister Tillman money. <laughs> so we just want you to know that and we ask that you would share with her in a very special way. We'll have more about that after the, um, when we conclude our message on today. Again, thank you. Thank you. Um, our scripture on today, Gospel according to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Gospel according to John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let us pray. 
God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, deliverer, we come now in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. God, asking that you would speak to us in such a mighty and powerful way that every last one of us will hear you. God, help me to decrease that you may increase. Bless us that we may be a blessing. We thank you for this wonderful and precious opportunity to hear from heaven. Holy Ghost, speak. Bless us. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. We thank you for traveling grace. We thank you for arriving safety. We thank you for those online who have an opportunity to share with us in worship. Bless now, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Our sermonic topic why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. Have you ever wondered why as Christians we do what we do? Let me say it again. Have you ever wondered why as Christians that we do what we do? Do you know that as Christians we're always constantly under society's microscope? There's always somebody looking at church folk. Always somebody looking at Christians wanting to know what makes them tick. Some of you sitting here and, and even watching online have asked the same question. <laughs> why do we do what we do? <laughs> why, why do we do what we do? And yes, it is true that what we do speaks so much more loudly than what we say. Now understand this on this morning. This is not a condemning message concerning why we don't do what we're supposed to do. Apostle Paul has already answered that one in Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 15. He says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. He tells us that sin dwells within us, and, and we focus on that a lot. But now, that's not all he said. We got to continue in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, 25, and then go into Romans chapter 8. He says, verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Romans 8. There is therefore... Now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
For the law of the spirit of life, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his son, his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Get this now, verse seven. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me just pause right there for a second. Those who are in the flesh, the Bible says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Don't care how to try. Don't care what the intentions are. But those in the flesh cannot please God. But he continues. Here's the shouting part. He says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Our challenge today is this. The challenge that we have is this. We are so much like the world that we focus and concentrate so much on our failures and shortcomings and what we do wrong that we rarely celebrate what we do right. Yes, we have done some bad things, some evil things, but because Christ dwells in us, we have done and still do many good things. Like I said earlier, we went to Yamaka on last Sunday. In spite of all of the reports of the shootings, in spite of all of the reports of things that have happened in Yamaka, we went as a church family with others to Yamaka to feed everybody. Amen. I said, we went there to feed. If all of Yamaka would have come out, we were there to feed everybody and to fellowship with everybody and to pray with everybody, to do whatever we could to lift them up and, and partner with them to let them know that they are not alone in the struggles they're going through in the grief that they have, that we as a church family care also. That's a good thing. We've assisted with midnight basketball to help keep young people off the streets at night. Yes, I saw you, Brother Melvin Washington. I saw you, Minister Kerry. I saw others who actually assisted with midnight basketball, late night, going out and be there with young people 
who needed some supervision and, and were out there where they would not be on the streets and not getting upset that there's nothing to do, as so many like to say. As Sister Kane already mentioned, we'll be giving away school supplies and meeting at the West Wall Street YMCA. We get a chance to be there on Saturday. Um, we get to do that. And what we're giving to others, they'll be getting it for free. We're a part of that. We're able to help and give and donate to those type of causes. We volunteer to serve in many other nonprofits in our communities. I mean, we don't announce them all, but we know that various things you're doing all throughout the community, how you're making a difference in life, how you're doing great things and good things. You'd, all of us need to understand that it's God moving in us to get these things done. So seeing that our mission is to seek God, shape lives, and serve the world, let's look at why we do what we do. First, it's because his grace saves us. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. My, my, my. Look, look at what God has done. His grace saves us. Now, I know our part is that we have to have faith. We're saved by grace through faith. We have to believe that God is who God said he is. We have to believe that God will make a way out of no way. We have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to believe and trust God. When we do that, we get our faith and it's connected with his grace. His grace is unmerited favor. Now, I know sometimes we want to act as if we were born on the first pew of the church and and we've been in church all our lives. We've never done anything wrong. We're just so holy. So that's why God got to bless us. That's why God got to take care of us. Because we're so proper in the Lord. He is our strength. God watches over me. Now we have sinned and come short. And the Bible says, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He has gifted us grace. And when we match it with our faith, he says that we are saved by grace through faith. But he says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I know you say, well, if we're not saved by works, then why should I do works? I'm glad you asked that. Verse 10 says that. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. We're not saved because of our works, but we do good works because we are saved. Hallelujah. Folk want to wonder, am I saved? I, I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm not quite sure if I'm saved or not. Okay, do you do good works? Do you do good works? You don't feel like doing no good works. You don't feel like helping others and doing the things God said. The answer is no, you ain't. But if, in fact, you are compelled, if you do the things God would have you do, we're saved by grace through faith. We trust him enough to follow him. Listen, the Bible says, Jesus tells us clearly, he says, anyone, anyone can come to Christ, and we come to him just as we are. You, you come to Christ out of selfish motives. Anybody can come to Christ for whatever reason. But he says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, now we have to deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow him. Now we have to say, not my will, but your will be done. Now we have to look at what it is God would have us do. That's our faith kicking in for the grace that God has given unto us. Secondly, why do we do what we do? Because his love controls us. 
or King James says, constrains us. Second Corinthians 5, uh, 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for who for their sake died and was raised. Wow. Look at how much God loves us. His love compels us. His love controls us. When you come to know Christ and we're saved and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, then we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to speak to us, to tell us those things that we ought to do. And we follow God's word. We follow the Holy Spirit and we're really controlled by his word to do his will. We're controlled by his word to do his will. Yeah, we understand how much God loves us. We understand how much God cares for us. And the way we show our love for him is how we have to, in fact, love others. He says, how can you love me who you have not seen and you hate your brother who you see every day? He says, no, that's, that's, the truth is not in you. you. You tell a lie. So he clearly tells us that our love for God is no greater than our love for the person we like the least. You say, who should we love? And we'll clearly say, well, let me ask you, who should we love? We should love everybody. Now, Jesus kind of helped us with that because, you know, when we say everybody, we may not mean everybody. Because, you know, there's some people who, you know, you know, some people who, who are on our list. You know, some people, we just, we just they're on our list. And y'all know we kind of want people we kind of want God to get the people on our list. Y'all know that, right? We're so close to God. God, you know, me and you like this. But God, you know that person. Mm. Do what you do, God. Just, just get them. And we look for God to get them. You know, we, we really do. We're so close to God. We think God going to get them. And we sit back and wait for God to get them. Get a little attitude when God don't get them quick enough. But I want you to do this. I want you to do this with me. I want you to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Trust me, you do want to pray this prayer. I know some people like to sit there and let everybody else talk. Y'all don't say nothing. So I'm not looking at it. I mean, y'all got the mess on, but just pray this prayer. Say, Lord, Lord thank you, thank you for, not getting for not getting the folk on my list. Now you want to talk, I sure didn't mean to pray that prayer because I, I still want God to get them. Let me say this. The reason you, you pray and you ought to thank God and praise God that God didn't get the folk on your list is because just like you got folk on your list, you on somebody else's list. And if God had to get them, that means God got to get. So understanding that, we understand that God wants us to love, God wants to get, and folk watch us. Those who love God, God, folk watch us and see if we are controlled by his love. All right. All right. Lastly, why do we do what we do? Because his word sustains us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah, his word sustains us. His, his word, his word, his word 
not, not my word, not your word, not the word of the U.S. government, not the word of corporate America, but his word sustains us. I want to look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. At the same time, I want to look at Mark chapter 13, verse 31. At the same time, I want to look at Luke 21, verse 33. All three passages at the same time, all right? I'm going to look at them. And, and I, know, I, I know when I sent that to, to our media crew, they kind of went crazy. What are these passages at the same time? No, I want all these at the same time. Matthew 24, 35, Mark 13, 31, and Luke 21, 33. Because all three of them read, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You can't get rid of God's word. So what do we? What does it really matter? And what do? Why do we do what we do according to God's word? What does God's word says to us? God's word says a lot, but one thing we know God's word is telling us is um, we're gonna reap what we sow. That's not just the bad stuff. I sometimes get to hear that. That's the good stuff. Notice what Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10 says. Do not be deceived. God is not marred. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will weep if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us do good to everyone, but especially to those who are the... Let us do good to everyone but especially to those who are the household of faith. And you might wonder, well, why unto those who are the household of faith? Because when we do good to each other, those who come to know God, when we do good to each other, we're encouraging each other to be stronger so we can do more for those who don't know him. And the more we do for those who don't know him, the more they're wondering, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you loving me? Why are you caring for me? Why are you forgiving me? Why are you doing this stuff to me? And we have to let them know it's not because we're so great. It's not because we're so perfect. It's not because we're so smart. But it's because he loves us and his love constrains us. His word sustains us. His grace saves us. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Do good to everyone. I preached a sermon some years ago, and um, it was telling us that um, why, we, why we do this, why we do good, do good. And we said love like the Lord says love, and forgive like the Lord says forgive, and to give like the Lord says give, and to do what the Lord says do. And this sermon told us why, gave us four whys to doing it. I want to share that quickly with you, and I'm done. It says, one of the reasons why we want to do what the Lord says do, and want to do it, is because, first, life is too short. And that was reiterated again on yesterday when Reverend um, Osborne, at the home going, uh, Reverend Osborne uh, pointed out that uh, time is short on this side and we always expect folk who are old to die 
My daddy used to say, yeah, watch yourself because there's short graves as well as long graves. You got to take time to understand that, that all we have in life is what God has given us and how we use life, how we use the time he's given us. We really can, and many do, use it for his glory. But life is too short. Secondly, eternity is too long. Amen. Yeah, you, you may live a short time here. And matter of fact, even if you live to be 200 years on this side, that's still very short compared to eternity. Yeah, eternity is too long. Well, how we live now and what we do now prepares us for everlasting life. The decision you make now, whether to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and to trust him with your whole heart, mind, and soul, all of that determines where you will spend eternity, whether you will have smoking or non-smoking. It's all determined by how we live now on this earth. And because eternity is so long, how long is eternity? Oh, my goodness. One song says, Amazing Grace, when we've been there, 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. It's a long time. It's forever. No, no, realize, if you don't get anything else, realize that on this day, Pastor Tillman told you that eternity is a long time. And I would love for you, I want you, I plead with you, like Apostle Paul was pleading, I would plead with you to make sure you spend eternity with the Lord. Get saved. Trust God. Live for God. Because, you know, eternity is a long time. And I don't want you in eternity getting mad saying, I wish somebody had told me. I'm telling you now. And y'all know the only nightmare I have. Y'all know that. The only nightmare I have all these 40 years, I told you the only nightmare I have is somebody from First African Baptist Church being there at the gates. And they say to you, depart from me. I know you not. And then you start. Well, you know, I'm a member of First African Baptist Church, the oldest black church in North America. My pastor, don't call my name. <laughs> I'm saying right now, understand how much God loves us and what he's done for us. Life is too short. Eternity is too long. And hell is too hot. Oh, yeah. Somebody said, well, well, how hot is it? <laughs> what happens is when the Lord comes back, the word is clear. When the Lord comes back and the living creature will snatch up the meat in the air, and all, when that time comes, the period of tribulation is over, it says that death, hell, and the grave will all go into the lake of fire. That's how hot hell is. The lake of fire. Not, not a lake with fire on it, but a lake of fire. That's hot. Life is too short. Eternity is too long. Hell is too hot. And it's the only other reason why we ought to really do good and do what God says do. Because God is too good. God loved us so much. John 3, 16, 7. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You got to hear that, my brothers and sisters. You got to hear that. God loves us so much that Jesus died for our sins. God loves us so much that God sent Jesus to this earth to win about doing good. God loves us so much that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him yeah. 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life, will have eternal life. We know that verse, but y'all heard me all this year talk about the verse that comes behind it. God loves, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the, and the second verse, the verse six, 17 says, for God mm, did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the point I want to make on our doing good. That's the point I want to make on giving folk an opportunity to come to know Christ. It's not about us trying to find out who has done wrong and how they've done wrong and how evil they are and tell them they better straighten up or they're going to hell. No. He did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We have to be those who are loving and caring. We have to be those who are willing to get where people are and do our best to understand, to get them to understand where we are, to get them to understand where God is, to get them to understand how much God loves them and cares for them. It doesn't matter what you're going through or how you're going through it. God loves you so much. He sent his son that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We do what we do because God did what he did. I dare you to ask me, what did he do? I dare you to ask me, what did he do? He came through 42 generations. He went about doing good. Out of all the good he did, folk talked about him and ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. You know the old, old story. You know how Christ becomes our example of how we ought to live. He becomes our example of how we ought to forgive. He becomes our example of how we ought to give. He becomes our example of what we ought to do in every situation we get in. He lived a perfect life as an example for us, but he lived a perfect life so he could be a lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Can you see our Lord and Savior when he allowed them to arrest him? Can you see him when he allowed them to take him from judgment hall to judgment hall? Can you see him when they whipped him all night long for your sins and my sins? Can you see him when they marched up to Golgotha's hill? Can you see him with the blood running from him? Can you see him as he stretched because they put a crown of thorns on his head? Can you see him when they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet? Can you see him hanging on the cross for all of your sins and all of my sins? What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible says he died. He died for you and for me. Can you see our Lord and Savior as he hung there and he died? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You got to understand what that means to me. How that, how that makes me understand what, how much God loves us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, let me back up. How many people do you forgive? and would do something wonderful for them. Not give your life, but, but do something wonderful for them. And they haven't even asked for your forgiveness. How many of you would do something wonderful and nice for somebody, and sacrifice for somebody, and they still acting a fool? It says, while we were yet sinners, while we were still messing up, while we were still lying, while we were still not doing what God would have us do, while we were still our own self, while we were still following what we wanted to do, the Bible says Christ died for us. 
But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a barber tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But the Bible says it was early on Sunday morning. He got up, got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. And later he ascended into heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us, to direct us, and to help us to be what he wants us to be, and to help us to do what we ought to do, and to help us to love like we ought to love, and to help us to give like we ought to give, and to help us forgive like we ought to forgive, and to help us to walk like we ought to walk, and to help us to talk like we ought to talk, and to help us to teach like we ought to teach, and to help us to reach like we ought to reach, and to help us to be who he's called us to be. We just got to tell the Lord, thank you for being God all by yourself. Why do we do what we do? It's because he did what he did. We ought to always say, Lord, I thank you for another opportunity. While the blood is still running warm in our veins, I thank you that even though I was drenched deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained in sin, I was seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. It was love that lifted me. Love that lifted me. else could help. When mama couldn't help. When daddy couldn't help. When aunt and uncle couldn't help. When grandma couldn't help. When grandson couldn't help. When my nephews couldn't help. When my nieces couldn't help. When my children couldn't help. When nobody else could help. It was love. Hallelujah. And God is love. And love sent love. To love on us and to get up for us and to come back for us you ought to tell the Lord thank you keep working you've heard this message and you understand the importance of having a right relationship with God I want to admonish you to give your life to Christ today. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter as you're watching online that wherever country you're in, we'll give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Well, what does that mean? We'll pray a prayer with you. We'll pray a prayer that you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because it's a relationship that you have with God. It's a relationship that you take time to say, Lord, I've sinned, I've come short, I'm sorry for my sins, I want to turn from my sins, I want to follow you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. And I'm going to trust you all the days of my life. If that's what you believe and that's what you want to do, we're going to pray a prayer right now that you can do just that. And as we pray this prayer, if you want to accept the Lord into your life, just repeat these words after me to accept them into your life. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. 
I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're in this building and you've accepted Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior, we ask that you show a profession of faith just by coming forward. We won't, we won't touch you. We're just going to acknowledge that you've accepted Christ and get your information. If you're in the building and want to come forward at this time, if you're watching online, we ask that you would just let us know. Put in the comments so let us know that you've accepted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. We'll get back with you. We want you to have a Bible-believing church. Uh, you can actually join First African online. We want you to know how much we love you, how much we thank God for you. So you can join us as well. Just let us know that you've made that commitment. And we'll share with you in a very real way to continue to serve God. Come on, let's thank God for those who've given their life to Christ today. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you for those who are watching and sharing with us on today. We give God the praise, the honor, and the glory. Uh, you could remain seated. I'm doing benediction and, and just stand with the usher. Um, we'll usher you out. Then you just go. Don't forget to get your dinner uh, for those. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. We magnify you. And thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship you this day. Thank you, God, for the love that's been shown for my wife, Sister Lawanda Tillman. Thank you so much. Thank you for a family being able to drive to be with us on today. We thank you so much, God, for that that you've done and continue to do. Thank you for the work that has gone here to even preparing the meals for all of us on today. We ask God to bless the food we're about to receive that may be nourishing to our bodies, that as we partake of it, we'll be stronger to do the work you're called to do. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest rule in the Bible is now henceforth and forevermore that the people of God say amen, amen. and praise God. Praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.